What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down my week eight must start and must sit wide receivers. As you guys know, this is where we break down all the relevant usage, all the wide receiver cornerback matchups, spreads, pace of play, and everything that you need to know to set your lineups at the wide receiver position in week eight of fantasy football. Anybody who I talk about as a start is a top 24 play. Anybody who's a flex wide receiver 25 to 40 and anybody who's a sit is outside the top 40 if you guys are new around here. So if you are new, leave a like down below, subscribe to the channel if you're new and leave any comments down below. I'll get to as many as I can. But with that being said, let's get right into it. All right, so here is the matchup chart. You guys can see it on the screen. A couple teams on by at the bottom of the screen there with the Kansas City Chiefs and with the Los Angeles Chargers. But we got a couple wide receivers with some easy matchups. DJ Moore with the easiest matchup of the week. Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Michael Pittman Jr., Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. The Bengals wide receivers, the Seahawks wide receivers with the easiest matchups on the week. And then some tough sledding for Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. We have Darnell Mooney with a tough matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers with tough matchups. Amari Cooper with the Browns and the Cowboys wide receivers with some tougher matchups as well. So let's get into the Thursday night football game. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be at home facing the Baltimore Ravens. They are one point favorites tonight, 45 and a half point over under sharps are slightly betting the over on this game. If you guys are listening on podcasts, I suggest you go over to YouTube because all that information will be on the screen for each game, but I will not be reading it off for each game in this game. You're going to be starting Chris Godwin, Mike Evans and flexing Rashad Bateman in this game. So targets are not the problem right now for this Buccaneers offense. We know that Evans and Godwin have been a little bit disappointing. The Tom Brady, of course, been disappointing. It's efficiency. That's the problem. The Bucs offense right now is 19th in offensive DVOA, which in comparison to last year, they were a top five unit as were they in 2020. So the 25% targets per route run that Chris Godwin is getting in the 20% targets per route run that Mike Evans is getting is only good for so much when your offense is not playing uh, at the level that they should be playing, given the talent that they have. It's still about a league average matchup for Mike Evans and for Chris Godwin. Maybe they can get back on track in this game. I don't want to count out Tom Brady too early, but I'm not you know, confident that we're going to win this game as a Buccaneers fan myself. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. But Rashad Bateman was not getting back to his full routes last week in his first game back. But even though he only had five targets last week, he still had a 38% target share. So the Bucs uh, secondary right now is down Antoine Winfield. It's down Logan Ryan. It's down Carlton Davis. It's down Sean Murphy Bunting. There's a lot of players out of the secondary. So I do think Rashad Bateman can take advantage. Should be an easy spot for him to get back on track. So go Bucks. but I don't have a lot of faith in my Buccaneers team against the Ravens this week. But we can move on to the London game. We do actually have another London game. Broncos at Jaguars, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. For those of you guys on the West Coast, make sure your lineups are set before you go to bed because there'll probably be some inactives and all that kind of stuff. But in this game, you're going to be starting Christian Kirk and flexing the two Broncos wide receivers. The Broncos defense is the best pass defense in the NFL right now per uh, defensive DVOA, per most metrics that you'll look at. It'll likely be a low scoring game. And a lot of steam is on the under right now, 96% of the money on the under 39.5. So not expected to be a high scoring game. Tough matchup for Christian Kirk. The good news is that the slot is the spot that they can be beaten a little bit because Pat Sertain on the outside playing probably like one of the best corners in the league right now. Christian Kirk won't see a ton of him being that he's the slot receiver for the team. So hopefully he can take advantage of that over the middle area for the Denver Broncos defense. On the Broncos side of things, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy 
have kind of seen their target shift in Judy's favor the last couple of weeks. Last week, obviously, we had Brett Rippon starting. And uh, the week before that, uh, Jerry Judy actually out-targeted Cortland Sutton as well. It sounds like Russell Wilson will play in this game. The other note from this game as well is that if the Broncos lose it, it sounds like they will be sellers at the deadline. And this is relevant for fantasy because Jerry Judy's name has been brought up over and over again as a guy that they might be willing to shop, might be willing to sell. And a couple teams have called about Jerry Judy already, apparently the Green Bay Packers being one of them because they want a wide receiver who is on their rookie contract, like Jerry Judy or like Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh. So definitely something to be aware of. For those of us that have Jerry Judy, like myself, I'm kind of hoping they lose this game so that he can go to the Green Bay Packers, but we'll have to see uh, what happens. So moving on to the 1 p.m. games, we have the Bears at Cowboys. Cowboys are 9.5-point favorites in this game. In this game, you could start C.D. Lamb confidently, and I would probably sit everybody else. Sit Michael Gallup, sit Darnell Mooney, because this game, it's probably not one that is going to be really, really high scoring. Justin Fields is playing well right now, but it isn't affecting Darnell Mooney. And the craziest stat of the year right now is that Darnell Mooney has a top eight target share in the NFL. It's like a 28% target share, yet he is the wide receiver 71 in points per game in fantasy right now because the, the Bears offense is not throwing that much. When they are throwing, they're spreading it out. And Justin Fields has been quite up and down as a passer. So I uh, can't have Darnell Mooney in your lineup, especially against a tough Cowboys defense. CeeDee Lamb's targets, they slid a little bit with Dak Prescott coming back. But the important thing is that Lamb received more valuable targets. Plus, Dak won't be throwing that little as he did last week, going through 25 times, just shaking off the rust a little bit. What was important is that CeeDee Lamb went from like a 7A a dot the previous two games, weeks five and six, with Cooper Rush to a 17.7 A dot. So what we're seeing is Dak Prescott push the ball a little bit more downfield. CeeDee Lamb run a little bit more of a diverse route tree when Dak is out there. And that's important because CeeDee Lamb is a good enough receiver to win downfield. And with Prescott coming back, that definitely opens up those big play opportunities that we want to see out of CeeDee Lamb. Uh, uh, Gallup, on the other hand, is by no means a must play. The Bears have actually been a top three defense in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So Gallup posting a donut last week, combined with the fact that it's a tough matchup, I don't think that he needs to be in your lineup, but I do think you could do worse if you are absolutely desperate on uh, on Michael Gallup. So Cardinals at Vikings, a little bit more of a fun game. This game has a 49-point over-under. Sharps are heavily betting the over 91% of the money right now. So uh, in this game, you can pretty much fire up everybody. Obviously, Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Hopkins will be in your lineup as top 10 plays. Uh, Adam Thielen, I think, is a great flex option as well. And if you're desperate, I don't mind flexing Rondell Moore as well. Like I said, this game will be very, very popular in DFS circles. A lot of people will be building up stacks in this game. 49-point over-under. Sharps are heavily betting the over. Justin Jefferson is in your lineup, and he and Adam Thielen will be in a great position this week facing the 30th-ranked secondary per PFF and the 27th-ranked secondary according to pass defense DVOA. So good matchup for the Vikings passing game and their wide receivers. Um, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of things came back in style last week against the Saints on Thursday night football, had a whopping 50% target share and 40% of the third down targets in the offense. Kyler's go-to guy is back and the Vikings are at the 31st ranked coverage grade, bottom 10 in DVOA. So very easy pass defenses, two good pass offenses, should be some fireworks in this game, which is why I think you could do a lot worse than throwing a guy like Rondell Moore into your lineup if you're desperate. So uh, less fireworks in this next game. Patriots at Jets. Sharps are betting the under in this one, 94% of the money on a 40 and a half point over under. Jacoby Myers is in your lineup, but I don't think you have to start anybody else. I think if you had to start another player, you could probably low-end flex Garrett Wilson as like a top 40 wide receiver. Jacoby Myers posted a season low in targets last week with only two, but he did get into the end zone. He's been very consistent from a fantasy point standpoint over the course of the season. The Jets are actually quite a tough pass defense. 
uh, contrary to maybe, you know, casual fans belief. And it does sound like Mac Jones will be the quarterback in this game. So we're not going to have Bailey Zappi. We're going to have Mac Jones. We'll have to see how that plays out. Maybe Mac gets benched again. We have really no idea. I tend to agree with the sharps on this one though. Uh, 40 and a half point over under 94% of the money on the under. I don't think this game's going to be very high scoring. I think it's going to be a run heavy drizzler of a game script. Garrett Wilson's been really, really frustrating for those of us that grabbed him maybe off the waiver wire in week two, because we thought this guy might be the next Jalen Waddle or the next, you know, great rookie wide receiver. That's going to help win people leagues down the stretch. But Zach Wilson coming back with the jets, basically they've gone completely run heavy. They changed the entire offensive game plan. Once Joe Flacco wasn't the quarterback anymore. And with Brees Hall on the mend, maybe that changes a little bit. Maybe they go a little bit more pass heavy, but to me, they look like a team that doesn't trust their quarterback as much as I like Zach Wilson. It doesn't look like they're giving him a fair shake to, to run the offense and, and, you know, justifiably. So it looks like he's going to make a lot of mistakes if he does. So uh, I don't think they're going to throw a whole bunch of passes in this game. Elijah Moore should be active for this game, but he can't be in your lineup until we see some better production. The guy that I would flex is Garrett Wilson. Like I said, so we can move on to the next game, which is Raiders at saints. Another game that uh, probably going to be very popular from a DFS perspective, a 50 point over under 68% of the money on the over right now. Devontae Adams is in your lineup. Chris Olave is in your lineup. And then if Michael Thomas plays, then he can be in your lineup as a flex option as well. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. We know what we're getting. The Saints' pass defense is not good, like not even a little bit. They've been very good as a pass defense in years past, but this year with injuries and some of the other things that have gone wrong for them, Devontae Adams may have 150 yards and two touchdowns in this game. I think this is a bottom five pass defense across the board. And we saw what the Cardinals did to them last week. Also, this game just looks like a shootout in general. And I like both teams to play a little up-tempo and score some points. Michael Thomas did not practice on Wednesday. So that is the le the most recent news I have about Michael Thomas. When you guys are watching this, we'll probably have Thursday practice reports by then. But it's not a good sign that Michael Thomas is not practicing. But he was at walkthroughs, according to Nick Underhill of Saints uh, or New Orleans football. And But our buddy, Dr. Edwin Porras, has him listed as a very good chance of playing. So we'll have to see how the practice reports progress. If today, Thursday, as I'm recording this, he logs a limited practice and tomorrow he logs a full practice on Friday, then maybe he has a chance of playing. But for right now, I would plan to probably be without Michael Thomas yet again. Chris Olave has been one of the most consistent guys in the NFL right now in fantasy wide receiver land. And the Raiders pass defense is the second worst in the NFL right now, according to my matchup chart, which you guys would have seen at the beginning of the video. And you can see over on Twitter, if you want to follow me over there, also available on Patreon as well. So moving on to the Panthers at Falcons in this game, you're going to be starting DJ Moore. You're going to be starting Drake London as well. I know a lot of people are very concerned about DJ Moore and Drake London uh, overall, but both of these guys are viable flex options. Just spoke about two of the worst pass defenses in the NFL with the Raiders and Saints. Falcons pass defense is actually even worse than both of theirs. They are 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, dead last in pass defense DVOA, and 22nd in PFF coverage grade. They are the worst matchup or the worst defense in my matchup chart. So DJ Moore has the easiest matchup of the week. Should be another DJ Moore spike week incoming. And I suggest if he has another good game that you sell him because I don't think it'll be sunshine and roses from here on out. I think it was kind of fluky that he went off last week against the Buccaneers. There was a lot of injuries in that game. Winfield went out, a bunch of other stuff happened. So if DJ Moore has another great game, I suggest you guys sell him high. Drake London, on the other hand, I can't quit him, right? He's still that guy. He still has a 30% target share. I don't have any idea when the game plan will shift back towards being more pass heavy, but I do think it eventually will be a little bit more pass heavy than we've seen. Like we're talking about a team that's thrown 14 and 13 passes the last two weeks. That is unsustainably low pass volume. Even if they're going to be a 25, 30 pass attempt offense, which is still going to be among the low of uh, the league low in the NFL, that's still, you know, six to 10 targets for Drake London, depending on how many times they pass. So I think 
with Arthur Smith's game planning, he's going to realize the Panthers' run defense is stronger than their pass defense, and we might get a little bit more of a pass-heavy game script in this one. This is probably your last chance to buy Drake London for the absolute basement prices that he's going for right now. Before we get into the next game, as always, we have to hear from our word from our sponsors over at Manscaped, and you guys will be hearing that right now. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Patrick Mahomes throw beautiful footballs all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your footballs all over the field all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your manscaping care does not have to be. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code BUSH. Meet the best value bundle yet for the Manscaped's Pocket Rockets. This is the Platinum Package, and at quarterback, we have the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer. You guys know it. It's a wily vet who makes sure that the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the balls, plus it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower as well. At running back, we have the Weed Whacker, and this one will break through and bust through all the holes that you need it to. On the offensive line, we have the unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean throughout all four quarters. And then at wideout, we have the cleanest duo in the league. We have the Manscaped Body Wash. We have the Manscaped 2-in-1 Premium Conditioner and Shampoo. They attract both the ball and all the ladies to the crowd. Plus, these two leave your skin and your scalp feeling hydrated. That means more play on the field and less water break. And then at tight end, we have the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs with the signature jewel pouch to make sure your boys are dry and cool. On defense, we have the only thing that you need, which is the Manscaped Deodorant, aluminum-free ultra premium deodorant with refined cologne quality fragrance it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground plus it dries clear so the opponent won't even know what hit him to top it all off we have the best coach in the league which is the shed travel bag as a free bonus which will keep everything in place for you so this has got to be a super bowl winning roster don't take my word for it go to manscaped.com get 20 percent off plus free shipping using the promo code bush that's 20 percent off plus free shipping when you use promo code Bush, Manscaped, turning your players into the MVP. All right, big shout out to Manscaped, 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code Bush. As always, big thanks to them. But let's get into the Steelers at Eagles. In this game, you're going to start A.J. Brown. You're going to start Devontae Smith. You can flex Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. So this is kind of a tale of two matchups here because the Eagles might boat race the Steelers, right? I may lay some money on the fact that they're 10 and a half spread. I think it's too low, honestly. I think the Eagles could really, really run away with this one because the Steelers just don't have the horses on defense to be able to stop the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And they don't have the quarterback on offense to be able to keep up with the Eagles passing game. So if you have some better options, I'd rather not play either of Deontay Johnson or George Pickens. The Eagles pass defense is legit. Both of these guys are going to have a tough time on the outside. Deontay versus Darius Slay in shadow coverage. George Pickens versus James Bradbury, most likely in shadow coverage as well. Both of these guys are up outside my top 30, but I do think you can play them if you have no other options. Even though Deontay Johnson has a 27% target share, he's getting low value targets. And like I said, we'll see shadow coverage from Darius Slay. So they might avoid throwing at him altogether. We could see a Pat Fryermuth game or a Chase Claypool game because those two outside wide receivers are going to have really, really tough matchups. But with the Eagles wide receivers, wheels up for those guys. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, both inside my top 24 for the week. We can move on to the next game, though, which is the Dolphins at Lions. 
in this game, you're starting the usual usual suspects. You're starting Tyreek Hill, you're starting Jalen Waddle, and you're starting Amon Ross St. Brown. There's three studs in this game, all three of which are in my top 12 for the week. We know what we're doing with them. Amon Ross St. Brown should clear his Fugazi concussion protocol because it sounds like he didn't even have a concussion before the game, so no worries for me there. This one should see some fireworks, especially for the Dolphins offense, because the Lions defense is just not very good. We know this about the Lions 51 and a half point over under the Sharps are currently betting the over with 76% of the money as well. So big time uh, offensive performance coming probably from both teams. Bottom three defense for the uh, Detroit Lions in pass defense DVOA and PFF coverage grade. So Tyreek and Waddle absolutely in your lineup to a tongue of Iloa. So top 10 quarterback for me on the week as well. Justin Bethel is actually the most targeted Dolphins corner on the other side of the ball. So even though they have Xavier Howard as a Dolphins corner and he's a very good corner and they avoid throwing at him, generally speaking, which is why Deontay Johnson wasn't doing very well last week. Justin Bethel is actually going to be a Monroe St. Brown's uh, primary matchup, as you guys can see on the screen there. And he is the most targeted corner on their team with a 21% target rate. So I do think even though I expect the Dolphins to win this game pretty handedly, I think that uh, Monroe can still have a great game in this one. Moving on from the 1 p.m. games to the 4 p.m. games, we have the Titans at Texans. This one's going to be really quick. You can flex Brandon Cooks, and that's pretty much it because this game only has a 40-point over-under. There's not a ton of fun going on, and the under is getting the steam right now. Brandon Cooks is probably showcasing himself for a trade. We got a report this morning that the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Rams are all interested in trading for Brandon Cooks, and the Titans rank bottom five against fantasy wide receivers in adjusted fantasy points allowed. So, if you guys are in a deeper league and you have a lot of flex spots or whatever, and you wanted to send out offers for Brandon Cooks, I don't blame you because not only could he have a big game this week, he could also be traded. And that could give you a guy that you can rely on later on in the season or a guy that you can sell high on once he gets traded to the Chiefs or the Packers or whatever team he ends up going to. Moving on to the next game, we have the Commanders at Colts. In this game, you're going to start Michael Pittman Jr. You can probably flex Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel as well. But another game that is not very exciting. 40 point over under, Sharps on the under. We finally saw the Terry McLaurin we're used to seeing with Taylor Heineke at the helm. I'd be using this as an opportunity to sell Terry McLaurin though because I think he's a great sell knowing that most people will buy into that narrative. Terry McLaurin is probably in every week, you know, high-end wide receiver three, mid-wide receiver three, but people might think he's back into the wide receiver two territory now that Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, and I just don't think that's going to be the case. This game is a drizzler in progress, so some of that, you know, luster and some of that sheen may wear off Terry McLaurin after this week. 39 and a half point over under game, yuck. Michael Pittman Jr. on the other side of things, though, does have a great matchup against the third easiest wide receiver matchup in my model right now, but he does have Sam Ellinger throwing him the ball in pretty much his first career start. So I don't expect this game to have a lot of points. It's Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. We can pretty much read between the lines there. Not expecting a lot of fireworks in that game. This game, Giants at Seahawks, I do think is actually sneaky good. I think it's probably a decent game to stack up in DFS if you guys play DFS too, because it's probably a contrarian play compared to the other games. Uh, in this game, you could start Tyler Lockett confidently, right? We know that he's going to be a big beneficiary of DK Metcalf being out a few weeks. He gets a Giants defense that is 27th in my model against the pass. Should be in for a solid game, no questions asked there. On the other side of things, though, I think Wandale Robinson is now in like every week flex consideration based on what we saw from him last week. In his first game back since week one, he only saw 35% of the routes in week six, but he jumped from 35% to 81%. Last week, and that's a huge development because, I mean, they drafted this kid in the second round. This wide receiver core is barren right now. They're starting Darius Slayton and, you know, um, Marcus Johnson, who are probably cut candidates coming into the season. Uh, Rondell Robinson can be a weekly flex option. He has some chemistry with Daniel Jones. He's commanding targets 25% and 17% respectively in his first two real career games so far this season, getting the usage. The A dot's not ideal, 1.9 yards. 
Um, but it shows that they're trying to get him involved. So hopefully once he starts running more downfield routes, he'll command some more targets. And uh, I, I really like Wandell Robinson. If he's still available on your waiver wire, definitely go drop some fat budget on him because I do think he's going to be an every week, you know, flex type of option. Uh, moving on to the next game here, we have 49ers at Rams. In this game, you can start Cooper Cup. You can start Debo Samuel, Flex, Brandon Ayuk, and Allen Robinson. So the steam is on the under in this game, but you're starting the studs, of course. Like you're throwing Cooper Cup and Debo into your lineup. I think Debo Samuel should be able to get back on track in this game because knowing how the Rams have played the Niners in the past, they usually occupy Jalen Ramsey with Brandon Ayuk at X, and then they leave Debo to be maneuvered around the formation, and Debo Samuel is able to have some games uh, as a result of that. So definitely, uh, I, I like Debo this week to probably get back on track. Both of the Rams and 49ers rank bottom third in the NFL in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, despite being strong pass defenses overall. So even though they're good pass defenses, they have been a little susceptible to fantasy wide receivers uh, scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. So definitely could be a sneaky game that, that hits the over, but I'm not too, too excited about it overall. Moving on to the night games, Sunday night football, Packers at Bills. This game is a big time favorite for the Buffalo Bills, 11 and a half points. 47.5 uh, point over under. And this I've never seen. 99% of the money in this game is on the under. So a lot of um, you know sharps think that this game is going under 47 and a half points. And I think it's probably due to the Packers not being able to score as opposed to the Bills not getting to their implied point total because they have 30 points implied in this game nearly. And I'm cool firing up anybody, right? Stephon Diggs is in your lineup. No questions asked as is Gabriel Davis in this game. And I think Isaiah McKenzie is also not a terrible low-end flex option if you are desperate. The under's getting all the steam right now, so I think it's an indictment on the Green Bay Packers' ability to score points. So if you're in this game with a wide receiver decision, I probably would only start a guy named Alan Lazard, and that's pretty much it. And even then, I think he's only like a you know top 36 wide receiver not necessarily much better than that. And he might not play dealing with a shoulder injury as well. So the Bills are just too tough to pass against. And as are the Packers, to be honest, they're both really good pass defenses. So I do actually like the under in that game. And I think I might lay some money on that. Uh, moving on though, to the Monday night football game, which is the Bengals at Browns. This game is a 47 point over under Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Sharps are on the under 89% of the money over there in this game. You're obviously starting the usual suspects though. Start Jamar Chase, start T Higgins and start Amari Cooper, all his top 24 options. It's pretty straightforward. You fire up your Bengals superstars. These guys are really shaky against the pass. The, the Cleveland Browns are 28th in my model against the pass. Uh, so good matchup for the wide receiver position. Jamar Chase, T Higgins, these dudes should be able to feast yet again. Could be another banger for Joe Burrow as well. Uh, the Browns, on the other hand, might have a tough time against the Bengals because the Bengals have actually been one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, been one of the best defenses overall in the NFL. They both they rank top 10 against both the pass and the run. And if the Browns aren't able to run the ball on the Bengals, they're going to have a really, really tough time staying in this game. Because like I said, I expect the Bengals to score on the other side of the ball. And if Nick Chubb isn't enough to get it done for the Browns offense, that's pretty much the only card they have to play because they can't have Jacoby Brissett drop back a bunch of times and try and win the game from the pocket because he's just not a good enough quarterback. Maybe once they get to Sean Watson, they can do that, but definitely cannot do that as of right now. So um, those are the week eight games at the wide receiver position. If you guys got any value from this video, leave a like down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Make sure to check out 
the other videos that we've done this week, the trade targets video yesterday, the rest of season rankings video on Monday, waiver wire pickups and streamers uh, earlier in the week from Danny as well. Make sure to stay tuned for running back starts and sits tomorrow. I will not be on the live stream because it's my six month anniversary with my girlfriend. So, but Danny will be live to answer your guys's questions Thursday night as I'm recording this, uh, you know, just before kickoff. So definitely uh, Buccaneers and Ravens will be watching the game will not be uh, live beforehand. So hopefully the Bucks win, but um, you know, you never know with the Baltimore Ravens, they present so many challenges schematically. And with all the defensive injuries we have, I do not think we're going to be able to tackle Lamar Jackson. So check out underdog fantasy as always use the promo code FSE. When you sign up, if you want to do some pickums tonight, you can put in 20 bucks using that promo code. You'll get $40 on the site to play with. You can use their pickum insurance. There's a lot of higher and lowers that I love. I love Chris Godwin's higher on his uh, receiving yards this week. I think he's going to have a monster game Rashad Bateman with a decimated secondary also makes a lot of sense as well. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Wire me the money.